Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to be today. And we're going to read that encounter in just a couple minutes. So seeing the, like the elevator thing, you ever feel awkward in an elevator? Like, I don't know whether I'm supposed to talk or not talk. If I talk, they're going to think he's creepy. Uh, if I don't talk, I'm probably thinking they're creepy. Uh, so it's, it's like awkward. Like, am I supposed to talk or not to talk? And that's really the point that we're trying to make that somehow, some way, sometimes, there are places where we can step into these moments. What seems like a simple encounter or an insignificant opportunity, maybe it's more than that. Several years ago, a guy named Squire Rushnell was writing a book, he's a follower of Jesus, and he was writing a book about coincidences that seem like more than that, and uh, that don't seem coincidental. And he was writing a book about stories like this, and, and in writing it, he was trying to think of a way that he could refer to these coincidences that, that aren't really coincidences. And he and his wife began to pray that, you know, something would come to mind. And he says one morning he woke up and, and just this thought came to his mind, a, a term that he used in, in that book. And the term is a God wink, a God wink. A God wink is something that maybe seems coincidental, but it's not. Uh, this term has actually taken on a, a meaning of its own. You can look it up. It's everywhere. People actually use it today. But he kind of in this simple uh, mindset of like God's speed and God's send and those kind of things, he has this God winks and it's taken on a meaning of its own. And today we're going to talk about, maybe we could call it a God wink, but it's this, this random opportunity that once you look at it a little more closely, it's not so random after all. Last week, Pastor David talked to us about, about a time when Jesus went to meet the woman at the well that he, he needed to go to there. There was something that was purposeful about it. Today, it's not purposeful. It's like, it's like random. It's like it happened on accident. It was a God wink. And uh, in 1 Peter 3, the passage that David's taught on two weeks ago, the, the writer of that passage is one of the characters in our story today. And the apostle Peter is the one who wrote that. And there were two concepts that David talked about that first weekend uh, out of that passage and out of that verse. And one is that we'd always be prepared to give a defense for the hope that we have. And then at the end, with gentleness and respect. So the same guy, before he wrote that verse, had this experience that we're gonna look at today. And I think it framed and formed his understanding of how to have these encounters. And then he later wrote about it. He said, be prepared. Always gotta be ready because you never know when a God wink is coming our way. And there are reasons that, that we should be prepared for these God winks, for these surprise opportunities. And the first reason is surprise opportunities or surprise encounters are opportunities to see as Jesus sees. When we have these surprise encounters, these God winks, we have the opportunity to see 
like Jesus sees. I want us to read the passage, just the first part of it, Acts 3, verses 1 through 5. It says this, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Surprise encounters are opportunities to see the way Jesus sees, to see the things that Jesus sees. In this moment, there were other beggars there that was common in this day. They're, they're headed to the temple. They're at the entrance at a place called the Gate Beautiful or the Beautiful Gate. It was a very common entrance. It'd be like coming in Welcome Center A or Welcome Center B. You're walking in, there are people sitting outside because they knew that people who came to the temple were more apt to give and be generous. And so there were probably many beggars there, but for some reason, they picked this one. They focused on this one. Why did they stop for this one? We don't know, but something caught their eye. I want you to notice something about this passage. The way the writer who is Luke, there's something about this seeing that is meaningful to him. I want to look back, pull back that passage. These are, these are the places where Luke, the writer, is talking about what's happening with people's eyes. It says seeing he was seeing Peter and John about to go in and then Peter directed his gaze at him and then Peter said, look at us. And then the lame man fixed his attention on them. We don't know exactly what was going on, but I can tell you that they were seeing him. There were many there, but there's something about him that they saw. You know, what we see or fail to see matters a lot. Most of us, I think, with our lives and the busyness and the way we operate, we often miss what Jesus sees. Because to see what Jesus sees, like these men, it requires us to slow down. Take a second. It, the, this term, he directed his gauge, he fixed his gauge on him, means there was an intentionality, there was a, there was a pause that Peter's like, okay, what's going on with this man? And it requires us to look past the obvious. Yes, we know, we, we know everybody there is lame or, or poor or something there, they're asking for money, everybody there. But he looked past the obvious and he saw something. He, he saw what Jesus saw. And what, what could be like an interruption. You know, they're, if they're like you or me, they're probably late to church, right? And they're in a hurry to get there and hoping nobody else got their seat. And they're, they're rushing in to get in. And then they see this guy and it's like an interruption. And they, they, they somehow what they saw changed it. They, they were okay with the interruption. Pastor David likes to say it this way. Blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. Right? There's a flexibility that these guys demonstrated when they saw, when they saw the way Jesus saw, when they saw what Jesus saw. It wasn't an interruption. They said, hey, we, we're, we're going to interact with him. 
You know what? They were not in such a hurry to get to the prayer time that they missed the actual object and purpose of the prayer, which would be so easy to do. We, we're so eager to get to the prayer time that we've, we miss the whole reason for it. And they weren't so holy, so pure, that they avoided the lame beggar to begin with like many in that era would do, like many in our era would do. Like, I don't want to get associated. I might, I might get dirty from associating with them. Apparently, Peter and John had learned from Jesus' story of the good neighbor, the good Samaritan, and how many people trying to be poor had passed him by and wouldn't get there. But when they saw what Jesus saw, they, they saw him in a different way and they they said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna engage that day peter and john saw, saw someone broken and in need of a savior can i remind you that being the church is more important than being at church being the church is what we do when we're not in this room being the church not that we can't be the church in here, but it primarily happens the, the other majority of our lives when we're out in life and in our neighborhood and in our homes and in our schools and at work. And it's representing Jesus there. That's what it means to be the church. And being the church is more important than being at church. Now, you can do both. You can be at church and be the church. You don't have to do one or the other. I like you at church, by the way. It's great that you're at church, even if you're watching. It's great that you're participating. But being at church should prepare us for being the church. And that's what we try to do, that, that what happens in here prepares us to be who we need to be out there. The, this, this 60 minutes prepares us for the rest of the week, how God could use us. Remember, God often shows up in unexpected ways, and we should anticipate it. God winks. Let's, let's be aware, paying attention to what God is doing. I wonder what it was that they saw about this man. What could it have been that they noticed that was different, that caused them to pause? We don't know exactly what it was, but I'm pretty sure they saw him as an individual and not as a category. They saw him as far from God, but not as an enemy of God. They saw him as helpless, but not hopeless. They saw him as broken, but not discarded. They saw him as marginalized, but not worthless. Sometimes I wonder, why do we respond in anger and frustration when people who are far from God act like people who are far from God? It should not be. When that happens, it's because we're not seeing people the way Jesus sees them. We're not seeing people the way he saw them. And that day, Peter and John, they saw something in him that caused them to pause and to say, maybe there's a need here that's, that's more than what's on the surface. Maybe there's something else here that we can connect with. Several years ago, a lot of years ago now, actually, there was a movie that came out. I don't even remember the point of the movie. Um, but I do remember the, a line from the movie. The movie it was called Sixth Sense. Y'all remember that movie? There's a real famous line in that movie. Do you remember that famous line? What, what was the line? 
Yeah, yeah, now I know what movies you go to as well, so yes. Yeah, the, the line was, I see dead people. And I don't mean it in the literal way, but in some way, there's an aspect of that that we've got to see beyond what everybody else sees. We've got to see dead people. You know what? If book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul says, we were all dead in our trespasses and sin until we met Jesus. And we need to be the kind of people that see dead people. That day, Peter and John saw a dead man, and they paused because they saw what Jesus saw. Now, that's not the only reason, but it is an important reason. It's not the only reason that we need to be ready for these God wings, for these surprise encounters. But another reason we need to be ready for surprise encounters is because those God wings, these surprise encounters are opportunities to offer people what they truly need. It's an opportunity to offer people what they truly need. Now I want to read the next passage, the next section of this passage, Acts 3, verses 6 and 7. You follow along and I'll read it here on the board. It says, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold. So he's asking, can you heal me? Give me something or give me, actually what he said is give me money. Now can you hear me? Give me money. And he says, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. So he asked for money and he got a whole lot more than money. They offered him not what he asked for, but what he truly needed. Do you know sometimes or most of the time, people ask for what they know. They don't ask for what they don't know. This man had no idea that the people he were talking to could heal him people he was talking to could heal him. He didn't know that. He's asking for what he thought they could give him. And that's what they do. That's what people do. They ask for what they know or expect that we can provide for them. And when it's a God wink, when it's a, a surprise encounter, when it's something that God has orchestrated and it just seems like it's, like it's coincidence, but it's not, there's something more there. They didn't view his brokenness as a need to be solved. They didn't view his lameness that way. They, they viewed his brokenness as a means to offer much more. It's almost like that became the common ground for them. That was the place that they could relate to him because he was asking for money and they step up. Well, I can't do what you asked for, but I can do a whole lot more than that. Now, this is, this is not an excuse for us, <clears throat> excuse me, not to meet the needs of people. In fact, they did more than just meet the needs. If they just give him money, they're coming back the next day, he'd still be there. But they healed him. Imagine that, he wasn't there the next day. Because now he's a totally different. What they gave him was way better than money. They didn't give him less than what he needed. They gave him more than what he needed, right? Way more. So it kind of makes me think, in our world today, like what's the question behind the question? When people are asking us for the simple things in life, again, we're talking about these, these God winks, these random encounters that, that aren't planned, but they're places where people intersect in our lives. And, and we say, well, how can I connect with them? And maybe they're asking for a ride, or maybe they're asking for advice, or maybe they're asking for help on something, or 
who knows what it is, but, or maybe they're not even asking for something. It's just a conversation. Maybe it's a walk past somebody's office one day and they've never spoken to you before. And, and this day they pause and they say, hey, and they start asking you questions about anything, about sports or, or any, particular, any particular topic, anything that creates an opportunity for conversation. What's behind that? And maybe it seems so innocent and so like not meaningful and so insignificant, but yet if we see it the way Peter and John saw it, it is so much more than that. They were asking, he was asking for money, for just give me your spare change, and they healed him. What a difference. And you know, there's a lot of organizations in the world, and especially in our country, that exist to meet the physical needs of people. And that's great, and we should be heavily involved in all of that. And we are. But we have the good news of Jesus. And there's nothing as valuable as that. There's nothing as valuable as that. And that's why, that's why we sang that song to start with. We speak the name of Jesus. A lot of organizations can do different things to help people again, and we participate in it. Not that we're not meeting physical needs, it's this, that we don't just meet physical needs because we go way beyond that. We offer Jesus. We should never take for granted what that is and that we have to be people who are offering Jesus to everyone. Part of the transaction and transition that happens here is beyond that, and I want us to look at the the last part of this, the last reason that we need to be really prepared, as Peter said, for these surprise opportunities and surprise encounters. And the last reason is because surprise encounters are opportunities to bring healing and hope to others. Peter and John brought something beyond his wildest imagination. They brought healing and hope to him. Acts 3, let's read verses 8 through 11. And leaping up, boy, he healed him, and look what he did. He's leaping up. He stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, and walking and leaping and praising God. <clears throat> and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together with them in the portico called Solomon's. So you see what happens when, when he's healed? Some, something beyond just the physical has happened to him. So these surprise encounters give us the opportunity to bring healing and hope to others, exactly like he did. This, this seemingly random encounter was a surprise to them and to him, but it wasn't to God. It's a God wink. You know, most of the miracles of Jesus, and for sure this miracle by Peter and John, it's both a physical and a spiritual healing. They're both that are happening. In fact, in verse 16, that is a few verses down, Peter is now preaching to the people because of what's happened. Everybody's like, how did you do that? This guy was just outside. By the way, we do the same thing. If you saw somebody lame at the door as you walked in today, and then the next thing you know, he's walking around here, Everybody here to go, how did that happen? I just saw him outside. He was just in a wheelchair out there. How's he doing this, right? Wouldn't you? And that's what was happening in that moment. And, there, and in that, Peter says this. 
Peter says, it's by faith in Jesus, he's been made strong. This term strong, it's, he uses that same word two times and apparently the, the, his legs or his feet or his ankles gave the appearance of being weak, like he couldn't be held up with it. And when Peter healed him, when he gave him his hand, he was made strong. It's like all of a sudden he can stand and walk, he's healed. But Peter says it's by faith in Jesus. And you know, what was happening on the outside for him was actually a picture of what was happening on the inside for him as well. It was his faith in Jesus that, that was trans, so transformational for him. And can you also see that the picture of who he is and what's going on is a picture of salvation? It's actually a picture for all of us because he's lame and he's poor and he's outside the temple. It's how all of us are before we meet Jesus. It's where we all are. We can't get to God and we can't afford to pay for our sin and we can't access God, but just like him, he was healed by God and we are too. And then he gave evidence of being a brand new creation. He was not bashful about it. He began to stand with the disciples, with Peter and John that were getting ready, ready to be persecuted for, for what they had just done. And they began to preach Jesus in the temple there and it's like, wait, you can't do that here. And there's this man who was lame just a few minutes ago and he's standing and leaping and praising and go, and you know what, he's just, he's basically just throwing a fit with excitement. And I would be too, wouldn't you? It's a picture though of what happened on the inside. On the inside of him was what he was most rejoicing about. I love the way Warren Wearsby says it. Now that he could stand, there was no question where he stood. He stood with Peter and John because something had happened on the inside. It was not just a transformation of the physical body. It was a transformation on the inside and the people saw him and they were filled with wonder and amazement. Eugene Peterson says in the message, he, the people were scarcely believing what they were seeing. I can relate to that. Hardly believing what they see. How is this possible? And look how he celebrates the, the words that the scripture uses. It uses leaping and walking and praising and he was recognized. And then this beautiful phrase, he clung to Peter and John. And I tell you what it meant to him. He knew, you know what he knew? He knew, you know, probably I'm still gonna die one day. I mean, they did heal my legs, but eventually I'm gonna get old and die. What they've given me is more valuable than legs. What they've given to me is eternal life. And that's worth celebrating about. And he, he is throwing a fit. He's going crazy with excitement. And you know what else is indicating? He's saying to them, it was sure nice to meet you. I sure am glad you stopped by. I'm sure I'm glad you came my way because it's because of my encounter with you. Not only can I stand with you today, but I'm gonna stand with you one day. And that confidence, that assurance, that new life in Jesus is why we must be prepared for the random encounters that come our way. And for some, 
It may be going around the world. For some, there's God's calling you on mission somewhere or to do something for him. But for most, it's not going around the world. It's just going across the street or down the hall. It's just making a simple phone call. It's having a conversation with somebody that you know and who respects you and who values you. We want to always be ready. We want to always be seeing the way Jesus sees. And we want to always be offering the one thing we have that others don't have, and that is Jesus. We speak Jesus to people. That is what we speak. And we offer help and hope. To everyone. We must always be ready. Always be ready. The last couple weeks, we actually mentioned his name twice. Two weeks ago, David Loveless told a story about Bob in the vision moment, just kind of talked about uh, Bob's story. And then last week, Pastor David mentioned Bob. But we thought rather than us tell Bob's story, and we couldn't really do it justice, it'd be much better for you to hear from Bob yourself. And so I want to introduce you to Bob and we'll let you watch this video of his story. You're gonna enjoy this, watch this. I said, God, what do you wanna do? How do you wanna use my life? in some way that you've never used it before. And I've had so many wonderful experiences in my career. But this time, God really surprised me. He said, he said I don't expect you to go to Africa. All you've got to do is walk out your front door. Lord, I want to thank you for this man and his family that live here on the corner of Shortwood. Uh, thank you for Najee. He's a lawn care specialist. He's already left for work. God, I pray this will be a special day in his life. I want to thank you for Huey and his wife and his five-year-old son and his mother that, that lives with him. So God said, start walking down your street. I want you to find out who the people are. And then I want you to start praying for them every morning as you walk by their house. Give me their names. It's basically, I think, a ministry based on He's prayer. For that. His name is wonderful. Right here where I live. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, morning. You got a minute? I've been praying for you I appreciate now that. since February. I appreciate that. I like that a lot. Your family could use it. Kona. Your family could use it. Yeah. Do you have any particular special needs? Uh, medical needs. Yep. What are they? Uh, my son. What's what's going on? Uh, medically, he's uh, he's had a challenging uh, start to his life. So, can I pray for Cannon right now? Sure. God, I thank you, and I uh, just want to pray for this son, Lord, that has this medical need. Their prayer walk that came out of desperation. Two thousand eighteen. I've had this autoimmune disease uh, called neuropathy, and they were giving me uh, medications the best they could, but I was basically homebound. 
Neuropathy at its worst cripples you. There were months where I could not get myself up. Couldn't go to church or anything. I started crying. I was crying out to God. I was saying, God, I can't handle this anymore. I'm ready to give up because you become paranoid. What if I go walking in the neighborhood and I fall, I can't get up. I said, God, if you're through with me, I'm ready to go. But if you'd like to keep me here for a little while longer, I need to hear your voice. Something happened though in 2019. My doctor told me about a medication that had been, uh, had been discovered. She said, Bob, I just feel like I need to, I need to put you on this. It was in that time that I said, God, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Thank you for what you're doing. You're healing me. I was able to start walking again. I was praying, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to do differently. And I heard the voice of God say, I want you to love your neighbors. I have three to five cards. By street, the name, any information I found out about that person. I see the blessing of God every day as I do this. And it's not just for me. It's for any of his children who would say, I want to learn to do and live and walk like Jesus walked. And it may not be prayer walking in your neighborhood. It may be some other way. But life can be so much more exciting when you know you have a purpose. The motivation for me, every time I get out and walk, God, thy kingdom come on earth. Earth for me begins right here in my neighborhood. When I see him in the morning walking and he's talking to everyone, that example alone is clear that he is making an impact. Whatever God Wants, is doing in heaven, he wants to do through me right here. And he wants to do the same thing with you. So where's the little God wink for you? Let's just be aware. It's walking around with an awareness, being prepared. That's what the Apostle Peter said. Be prepared, be watching, be waiting, and be prepared for the opportunity when there's a, a surprise encounter. I so love Bob's story and just the simplicity of something like that. And however God would inspire you or cause you to say, hey, this is a way I can do this on my way to work or on my... Uh, in my neighborhood or in my office or within my family, however God wants to use you. You be sensitive to how God's speaking to you. Nobody, it's not everybody do it the same way, but everybody um, take opportunity. And one of the ways, things we wanna offer you, there's several different resources in the back lobby is a, a gift card sleeve that gives information about the church services here. And you go get the gift card to wherever you want to give somebody to and just put the gift card inside here and give it to somebody. It gives a sleeve to give it to somebody and just drops a little hint like, hey, this would be this. I do this on Sunday and I'd love to have you come join me there. 
We want to encourage you to take advantage of the God winks in your life so that you can share Jesus there. I know in a day like today, a room like this and those watching, there could be some that you're still exploring what it means to be a follower of Jesus or how to know God through his son, Jesus Christ. We always want to issue invitation for you to take that step of commitment towards Jesus. And Jesus' most common way to invite people to be a part of his kingdom was to say, follow me. Hey, come follow me. That's, that's what it means to give your life to Jesus. It means to, means to turn from your own way. The Bible word is repent. It means to turn from your own way and go Jesus' way. And today, if, if you've heard some things that make you want to take that step, we would love for you to do that. And it's as simple as a prayer, but I don't want that to scare you either. A prayer is just a conversation with God. It's just saying something to him like, Jesus, I wanna follow you and turn from my own ways. And I believe that you are the son of God, that you came, you were crucified, and you were raised from the dead. And I want to follow you. Your way, not my way. That's what it takes. And something amazing can happen to you on the inside, just like it did to the lame man that we read about today. Thank you so much for being here today. Pray it's a blessing to you. Let's go out and watch for those God winks and represent Jesus well. We'll see you back next weekend for the Start to Fresh Start series. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.